every week from Sydney and Melbourne. It's Full Disclosure, the Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge, Full Disclosure in the Raw. Disclosure, no holds barred. No holds barred. Okay, welcome to episode 11 of Full Disclosure. How you doing, John? Yeah, it's just strong like a lion. Strong like a lion. How's the weather down in Melbourne at the moment? Rainy, terrible, but... This is when Melbournians really flex their muscle and just get amongst it. What is that? This is, this is when Melbourne becomes a superior city to Sydney. When uh, when the going gets tough, the Melbournians hit the streets and do cool stuff. Like? Well, I, I had a ripping weekend. We had some visitors from Sydney. You know yeah. them very well. Yes. Skip and uh, Medicine Man, we'll call him. Yes. And um, had to show them around. And they one of them's fresh off a breakup. The other one off a divorce and they looked like they'd just come out of the mines, mate. They were wild-eyed and scaring women left, right and centre. So, I did what I could. Great, great. You looked after them? <laughs> I did, but I came and went. But yeah, I took them. There's a place in Melbourne where you can get $12 Boilermakers. You can get a, a good craft can and a, a whiskey for $12. That is great value. So, we went to a few whiskey bars. Why don't you give them a plug? What is that place? Uh, I think that one's called Whiskey and Ale. Whiskey and Ailment. And then we also went to a place called Boilermakers, okay. which is a little bit more hipster. We went to a Chinese restaurant on Friday night. And, um, you, you know, Paddy, who works at The Age, yes. shout out to Paddy. He, we were lining up and we saw these vegans doing a silent protest in Little Burke Street in Chinatown outside this, um, this Chinese restaurant. And it was a silent protest. And we went up and, and Paddy, he's got, he's got a journalist nose. And so he went up to them and he said, why, why have you picked this, this restaurant above all other restaurants? And they were like, we're not allowed to talk. And he goes, just tell us. <laughs> they were like the nerdy kind of guys. And uh, they said, because um, they use shark fin in their soups and they have um, fish on display. And we both went, why don't you go outside the shark fin house, which is like five doors up. There's an actual place called shark fin house. And they're like, Ooh, we didn't know about that. And um, obviously, they're very iron deficient. They don't have a lot of energy to kind of look around the block. And, I, and so, Paddy's, Paddy was like, which one? Who's in charge of here, this? And we, they pointed sheepishly to this pretty good looking woman with like tats all over her and black hair. So, that's how she gets all these people to follow her around. And we, we went up to her and we told her the news as well about Sharkfin House. And she was a little bit upset. And she said, um, how did you know I was a leader? And we were like, those guys told us. <laughs> they, they outed you. <laughs> and, and then we outed them. We were like, we were like Do you want, they're, they're talking. They're talking quite a lot. And just as we're having quite a bit of fun, Honey Babe came out of the bottle shop and caught me being belligerent to a, to a vegan, <laughs> as an ex-vegan. And so, she shut it down very shut quickly. Shut it down. But then when we... She shut it down. But then when we got back, they were gone. So... Paddy's absolutely convinced that we scared off the vegans, or at least maybe they were at Sharkfin House. One can only hope. Well, look, that's. Uh, yeah. I guess you were making some unwanted advances towards the uh, the protesters, which leads us to our, the theme of our episode this week. It is the unwanted advances <laughs> episode, or advances, depending on whereabouts in Australia you, you hail from. Um, yeah. I, I dare say, hail, hail being the um, the operative word in Melbourne at the moment. Oh, where do you hail from? I say that's a gag. Yes, that's right. No, no, no. Very good. No, 
you're using hail numerous ways. No, it's actually raining in Sydney as we speak. Vivid, vivid Sydney, of course, is on. Uh, all the lights are on, so we're out oh. crack at, at a cultural extravaganza. But yeah. it's uh, pretty shitty weather. Uh, it's one of the few... And it's a bit like LA and Sydney. When there is finally shitty weather, everyone wants to talk about it because it's so rare. So um, everyone's giving their little waxing lyrical about how shitty the general vibes are. But it's also a long weekend this weekend. It's hard to beat Vivid Gleep. Um, Vivid, it's a great, um, a great festival. Did, um, it's a great festival. Yeah. A um, few, few questions about you. I, don't wanna, you know, I know you want get to get cracking, mm-hmm. but um, your car, is your car out of the shop? No. No, oh, that's... Uh, that's- <laughs> That's, what I, the I've, fuck, I've, mate? I've gone, I've gone completely bike. I'm on the bike. I'm loving it. I've got so so much rain over the last few days that, in fact, some water got in my tank on my bike and I had to pull off just before the bridge, which wasn't great. But um, back on the road and, and just loving the bike. You had to pull yourself off. Bike. You had to pull yourself off before the bridge. What, 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 you love bridges, don't you? Uh, yeah. You're a big bridge I'm, fan. I'm, <laughs> they turn you on. They sure do. I was just all <laughs> over it. That's why you live in Sydney. You love that bridge. What, you t- love San Francisco and you love you love. You love Great bridges. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't plan on playing bridge. That's uh, I draw the line at the card game. But short of that, I'm a big fan. So, uh, but just quickly, just quickly, on. say, hang on a second. Yes, this was the second episode, I believe. Yes. you had a, a big tantrum. This is months ago. That how many how many months now has this bloke held you at ransom? It's almost a year. He's had my car for almost a year now. What? Yeah, yeah. It's not good. Was you just given up? Have you uh, given up? You gonna- look. Uh- uh, because I've got the bike, it, it's, <laughs> look, it's not, never good when someone says look. <laughs> because I've got the bike, it's not driving me insane, and the bike's fantastic. Like it's much it's not driving you anywhere, mate. That's <laughs> true. It's it's much quicker. The bike's much quicker. I can lane hop. It's fantastic, and, then, and I don't pay for so parking. Why don't you sell the Why don't you sell the car while it's in there, and then it's their responsibility to get the car back. Why don't I sell the? He's car? taking the piss massively. Like it's it's aging. Like it's not like. Yes, yes. It's an aging investment. You should be furious. Look, one thing that sort of tempered my anger was I went to another mechanic and I mentioned the situation. He goes, oh, I couldn't do a transplant. And then he said, actually, to be honest with you, because the engine has to be transplanted. And he said, to be honest with you, that's my car there. It's been up on the... um, Probably his brother-in-law. It's it's been there for two years anyway. He's his own car. So... I think it's a, it's a big job. Sure, sure, it was his own car. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like they're all, all in it together. Sounds like a big... Probably got on his um, slack. Anyway. With all the other mechanics. Speaking of slack and being... <laughs> Said a- some disgusting thing about women. Speaking of slack and being in something together, you've set me up here with um, the, the the guys that just visited you, Pickaxe and, yes. and, and Hutchings. You set me up here with a Snapchat. Not Hutchings, no, Skip. Sorry, sorry, Skip, 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 Skip and uh, sorry, Skip and Medicine Man. Medicine you set man. me up with yes. a, a Snapchat from Medicine Man and you right. want me to open- Okay, well, I'll, I'll set to- that up for you. I'll okay, go on. Yes, I'll just quickly give it some context. So, we had that lovely night on Friday night and Saturday night, I tried to, I went, tried to take them out again, went to a place, took mushrooms, but they weren't really into it. Uh, Skip picked up a German woman though on on what, Bumble or one of those things. But the next day they were a little bit salty. We were drinking beers in the garden, and Medicine Man got out his phone and said, "Hey, this is pretty funny. Have a look at this." And Honey Babe was there. Um, Honors' lovely girlfriend Steph was there, and um, yeah. So you, you just watch it in real time, and maybe you can commentate what Medicine Man made us all look at on his phone. Right, it's a it. it's a guy fucking a melon. It looks like a melon. <laughs> oh. You've got the sound up. No, I've got the sound. No, I've got the sound. Oh, you on. have to put the sound up. Yeah, the sound is. Maybe you can loop the sound. <laughs> What's 
really gross, dude. <laughs> so glad I'm not seeing it again. I'm so good. He said, whatever you do, don't, you know, share that or anything. It's a Snapchat. Are you still watching it? Did you watch it until the end? No, I watched it three keep times. Watching it. Uh, keep watching this, it. Keep watching it. Because a bit. I'm not. I've stopped. No, no. Keep watching no, it. No, I stopped. <laughs> no, you can't. I've I didn't already, get to I'm not finished. Stop. I'm not going to watch it again. It's, it's a finished? guy fucking oh, a melon. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it Come again. Come on, mate. Put no. it on until the end. It's done. I've anyway. Got, so I've played to the end. I've already done it for the end. Numerous times. Okay. So, the. The unfortunate thing about it, because you, you describe it, I, I mean, I can't get it off my, my membrane now. Like, it's, it's, it's scorched on my, on my retinas. But can you just... He's fucking a melon, right? And he's got great abs. He's like a skinny guy with great abs fucking a melon. And, and you think, okay, that's kind of funny. You know, it's obviously... But then something happens. You remember what happens? No, what happened? You see the whole shaft. Like, he takes the melon off enough where you see... You just see cock. You just yeah. see, and yeah. it goes from R-rated to quadruple X-rated. And so, we're like, why did you show us this medicine, man? What's going on here? Like, you know, is, obviously this has gone viral. He's like, no, it's not. It's not viral at all. It's just my hairdresser gave this video to me. His, his hairdresser just went, hey, this is one of my mates. Have a look at this. Um, so, so yeah, that was that was how the end, the weekend ended. I'm just so glad. Um, so glad you sent, got them, them to share that with me. It's just so, so it's fantastic. It's really. like the ring. It's like the ring. Like I saw it, so I had to get you to see it. Oh, I wish I could then. unsee like now, it. It was fucking. Well, me too. But now you've got to show it to somebody else, and then you, you'll, you know, you won't lust after melons. I've never like lusted after melons. It's much more your humour, <laughs> the sound that it makes when you, it was much more. You like those sounds that people make when they're fucking and, and wanking. It's just, it's just gross. I don't understand. Uh, this, this sound, this sound. Huh? Oh. Gross. Oh, stop it. Grow up. <laughs> Grow up. All right. So moving right along. That was an um, that was an unwanted advance. Uh, that was an unwanted advance. I got a, an advance on a loan there, and uh, I didn't want the loan, and I didn't want what you gave me. That's for sure. Fuck. There was like there was, didn't help there was out bits of semen thing. coming off his cock, dude. It was disgusting. Exactly. You didn't and you can see his little toes un- under his ass, and he's like, and I thought it was yeah. some hands or something. I saw his he was barefoot with his toes wriggling around as he was. Oh, it was disgusting. Now you're warming to anyway, the task. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so, so much that, for that unwanted advance. So that was the advance. End, end of the weekend. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to our first full disclosure because we want to get straight into it this ep. Um, we're yeah. going to motor on, motor on through. We're going to do an unprecedented three full disclosures this episode. Whoa. Three full disclosures. That's never been done before. We're never been done before. We're going to give it to You've you. You've gone mad. We've, we've decided to give you a, a, a triple crown as such. And uh, we're going to start off with my we're first We're going to give one. it to you raw. Give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> raw fruit. Oh, it was too raw. It was raw. It was way too raw. Um, yeah, so yeah, the first didn't like the, it as much as I thought. The you would. Fir- first disclosure, uh, for, yep. we'll start with we'll start with myself, and it features none other than Drew Barrymore. Jonathan Dorge, full disclosure in the raw. raw, raw, raw. So we'll go into it. I'll go into it quickly. And also, my contact actually, the reason I was there was through a friend of Jono's. It was a, a guy he knew from drama school called Paul Mashton. And Paul Mashton yes. was, was a VCA grad, an actor. Mm-hmm. And he's working at a really cool bar in, in LA. Let's call it um, Pally Face. Oh, you can say the bar. You can say the bar. Pally House. It was called Pally House. So we, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was Pally House. You can say the name. You're not going to get sued by the. What, what did you do? Fuck a melon there or something? Like it, it's not the bar. <laughs> well, I just thought once we're in the once we're starting changing names, I get going. But I didn't change Drew Barrymore's no. name, so there's no point. Anyway, so it's called Pally House. Um, so I'm out with some friends. Uh, I'll name them: uh, Rupert Reed, uh, Ella Scott Lynch, and Doug, and a whole bunch of other people. Some Americans that I've been partying mm-hmm. with. This is my first. 
sorry, this is my second trip to Los Angeles uh, to to LA, and I was there for around the pilot season area uh, for the part for pilot season auditions. And um, we get taken. To, we decide to go to Pally House for a drink, and we walk in, and lo and behold, it's actually Drew Barrymore's Golden Globe winning party for Grey Gardens. We've stumbled into this party, which she's having. <sighs> At Pally House. So she's there in this beautiful golden dress. She's just won the Golden Globe. Can I, can I just derail a little Go bit on. for a yeah, second? Yeah. The, the original documentary of that was just brilliant. Did Amazing. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of cat ladies. It could be you and me, George. Shut up. So anyway, so we go to Pally House, go to Pally House and she's there in this beautiful dress. And if you see her uh, winning the award, she's so happy because she talks about how she's got um, paralysis on one side of her face and she never thought that she'd be able to do this. Anyway, so she was extremely excited and she's there. We stumble in um, and because we know Paul, it's all good. We're there, we're drinking. And then she's got a big entourage with her, including uh, Justin Long. Justin Long's there, who I believed was her partner at the time. And he's Who's br- Justin Long? Justin Long, and a big actor. He was a huge actor, um, still kind of is. He was in one of the Die Hard movies. He was the the Apple guy. He was the face of Apple there for a while. Cool little hipster, um, good-looking guy. I have no idea who it is. You don't know who Justin Long anyway. is? Uh, he started, no, started, started as a child actor. Um, I don't like the sound of him either. Anyway, anyway Justin, Justin Long's there and his brother's there. Anyway, so I, I, it starts, oh, and we meet Drew. Um, she happens to walk over and she's talking about something and she mentions Pavlo- Pavlov's dog. She goes, oh, it was just like Pavlov's dog or something. And I go, ha, ha, ha. And everyone in the group laughs. Ha, ha, ha. I smile and I move away from the group. And then I meet Justin. Uh-huh. And you didn't know who Pavlov's dog was. <laughs> no, I knew exactly what Pavlov's dog was. <laughs> it was just she was talking about- What was his name? <laughs> what was it? <laughs> Fido. Fido. Anyway, so <laughs> oh, the, no, no. the gag was, you know, that she she was having a response where she responds to everything straight, like like, like the slobber, slobbered on effect that uh, the Pavlov's uh-huh. dog had when, when the bell rings. Anyway, moving right. Right along. I meet Justin Long. I chat to him for a bit. He seems like a nice guy. He talks about how he grew up in Philadelphia, I think it was, and his dad is an academic. I meet his brother, who seems really nice. Everything's going pretty well. I'm swanning around, and then suddenly this guy just comes up to me. This little, I think he was Eurasian from memory, and he walks up, and he's like, hey. And I was like, hi. And I'm there with Ella and, 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 and um, Rupert Reed. And he says, so, uh, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to get kicked out. Can I get kicked out? <laughs> they, they obviously don't want hoax. us to be out there. I'm a, I'm a fake. I don't belong here. Oh, they know. They know. They know. Well, I mean, I'm not only doing it. Drew- Everyone knows. <laughs> I'm a fraud. I'm a charlatan. So what am I doing at Drew Barrymore's after party? Anyway, so I'm there and he's like, uh, so uh, uh, tell me tell me your story. And I was like, sorry? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm just an Australian actor. I'm just here pilot season. And he's like, oh, okay. So Drew's really into you? And I was like, sorry? And he's like, yeah, Drew's really into you. I'm Drew's PA, and he, she sent me over here. Uh, what's your number, and where are you staying, and how long are you in town for? And I was like, okay. Whoa. Yeah. I was like, um, and my friend's like, whoa, they're backing away. like They're like kind of half whooping and half cheering, trying to be cool. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm an act, I'm a young actor, and I, I'm not a grad, and um, I'm staying with my friends in West Hollywood. Um, I don't really have my, do you want my American, my friend's American cell? And he's like, yeah, if you don't, we don't want to, your Australian cell. Give me the American cell. So <laughs> I give him the American cell. He's like, okay, so you're a young actor. Go on. And he, I'm, I give him a few details on some, some of the stuff I'd done in Australia. And he's like, great. Well, Drew's really into you. And I was like, well, wait a second. I, I just stopped in there. I said, okay. And he spoke to her very briefly. And also I spoke to uh, who I thought were her boyfriend. Uh, I, I spoke to her boyfriend, I think, Justin Long. And he's like, oh, no. Drew totally kicked Justin Long's ass to the curb like three months ago. I was like, oh. As soon as, soon as she won the award. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
He used those words, kicked Justin Long's ass to the curb. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, oh, okay. And, he, and he's like, yeah, this is how we do things here, okay? We send PAs over. I was like, oh, okay, sounds good. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so he walks away uh, and I'm walk away just like a bit dazed. And then everyone's like, and I was like, that's amazing. It's amazing. And I was like, and friends are like, oh, you're going to be calling us from the courtside seats in LA with Drew. It's going to be fantastic. And I'm like, this is, this is pretty cool. I was like, okay, so I, it must have been me laughing at the Pavlov's dog joke i guess because i got it maybe that differentiated me somehow i don't know anyway so i get back i'm waiting for this call um and it doesn't i wait a couple of days in this west place in west hollywood i'm staying and there's this call's not there i'm thinking do i do i contact the agent or what do i do here this is this is full-on like i mean i'd really like to hang out with drew barrymore actually and you know she just talk Mm. talk projects or something Anyway, I Google online, there's pictures of her and Justin Long uh, back together, it says, or whatever, which is fine. Uh-huh. But I don't think, but this is, the, this is the thing. I've since come to the realization, about a month later, one of the American, the girl's number who I gave the, the cell phone number, the American girl that I was friends with, it's like, oh, um, I got a call from uh, some, that agent guy who asked for your number. I was like, yeah. And he was like, hey, sweetie, I'm looking for that cute Aussie guy, just wondering if he's around. And uh, yeah, and so it, it gradually became clear that actually it was the PA that was looking to get my number because he wanted to hook up with me. It wasn't, he was using the guise of Drew Barrymore being into me as a way to secure my number. And so, and my friend picked up on that and she's like, listen, okay, he's, he's, he's not available. She him. He's straight. Yeah. Yeah. She totally cock blocked yeah. him. And she's yeah. like, you know, that was a total cock block. You, you've got the, you've got the wrong number. I don't know what you're talking about. And, and, and she kind of just backed away from it uh, ASAP, but you know, it PCB. was, you know, it was a very exciting, it was briefly a very exciting period yeah. of time. But if you, if I did the math on it and calculated every step of the way, there was no way that Drew was ever going to be interested in. <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> no, but I mean, just yourself. from the not from the extent of yeah. our interactions and all those sort of things. Well, they never broke up. Probably they, he probably made up that ja- you know, Justin Long. I was trying to do that. I was trying to think maybe it was a, I was being used as some sort of tool or something in front of him because they, they were broken up or something in the time. But really, it's become very clear to me it was an agent or a PA looking to use their power of the situation in order to get their leg over. And you know, in the in in mm-hmm. the wake of the Me Too movement, um, and you know, there was a guy who came out recently. Uh, an American actor who said something similar about um, Terry Crews. That's right. That's Cruise, right. The, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it was a bit, it was disappointing because of the fact it, it seemed like I was one step away from some great momentous moment in my life. What? And then it was. You're going to have sex with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> that's what you say. No, <laughs> I was going to be able to hang out, you know, and talk projects and, and you know, go and see gigs. And What's your favorite get- Drew Barrymore performance? Ah, oh, my Ever. favorite Drew Barrymore. She was great in ET. She's terrific in ET. So we we speak a lot about child child actors, and I, I can't think of a better one uh, in ET. That that's amazing. There's not a lot of range, but she's so adorable. She's great in ET, but just, she's a child. She's a child in ET. Yeah, um, but I'm saying she's a good child actor. I think she may potentially never did a better performance than that. She was really. Ador- I thought she she's was adorable. Always. She's very lovable. But what was her great? She was the wedding singer. I thought she was Charlie's great in the Angels. wedding singer. I thought she was very good in that. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the one they talk about. But she never kind of hit a dramatic role or anything. She's more just like famous for light, fluffy stuff. And being Hollywood royalty. No she's Hollywood royalty. She's very well connected. Yeah, and she's a producer. The, is so. it Drew? Um, what's his name? Ethel Barrymore. That's is right. It? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and her da- dad was a very... F- her granddad maybe was a very famous Broadway actor. There's a theatre named after him. Yes. Well, you do love anyway, your Broadway. Mate? You do love your Broadway, Jono, hmm? but you also uh, love your hip hop. <laughs> 
uh, when it comes oh. to America. And uh, I think that leads word, us nicely George. into all things American and all things hip-hop. You've got uh, some hot takes on what's happening on the scene in, in hip-hop right now. Why don't you take us away with some of that? General George, full disclosure, no holds barred. No holds barred. Well, hip-hop's never been more current, mate. Well, it's probably been more current, but it's back. I was enjoying talking to our um, hip-hop correspondent last week um, from Riverside, Rupert. And um, when I was speaking to him, Pusha T's new album had dropped and Kanye West had produced it. But in the last few days, Kanye West has dropped his uh, latest album. And it's in in um, in the wake of all the, the, the crazy shit that he's been doing, it, it would, could have easily been just kind of... Um, a big distraction, all that sort of stuff. But he did it in a huge kind of, a, a, huge, a huge way. What he did is he flew over 500 or so of his closest friends and um, journalists to uh, Jackson Hole, a, a very elite skiing resort in Wyoming. And um, some of the people there were uh, Nas, um, Jonah Hill, strangely, Chris Rock, and they all had a listening party at this, um, like probably six hours before it dropped on on um, all the streaming devices. And um, seven songs, as um, is is Kanye's bent now. That that's his thing. Like Pusha T's album was seven songs. He's about to produce Nas's new album. And um, who else is he going to do? Uh, he's going to do a bunch of other people right now. And they're all going to be seven songs. Seven songs. That's the thing. But it's very short, Dodge. It's an incredibly short album. It's like 25 minutes. And um, he got all these people over there. And it's very hard to be objective. It's kind of... He, he's in, in his interviews afterwards, he was very honest about that he's bipolar and that he's, um, he's going through all these things and the, with the Trump thing and the 400 years of slavery. Um, but it, it's a very like... It's like having a... He's like having a party and getting all these people around him to listen. So no one's going to actually be honest to, to him in the album. Have you had a chance to listen to any of it? No, no, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> What's well, called Ye, uh, mm-hmm. which is the most used word in the Bible, but also his name's Kanye, so I'm sure he doesn't mind that. He, um, he is deeply religious, um, and it's, it got seven, um, 7.1 on Pitchfork, which is usually his biggest fan. They've given him 10 stars, um, 10 out of 10 for um, My Beautiful Dark Fantasy, which was his follow-up to when he jumped the stage with Taylor Swift. So... So people like he he's used to hitting a home run after challenging people. This is not a home run uh, by any slate of the imagination, but it's not also not a classic rap album. He's um, it's a bit more like 808 Heartbreaks, where he's pushing um, in a direction we haven't been before. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of him, so I'm um, willing to. When I when I first heard 808 Heartbreaks, I chucked it away. I was so angry because it was all auto tune. But in, I've bought it again, and it, it, it's grown on me. So I'm, I'm thinking this one will grow on me too. His first track is, um, it says, uh, it's, it's all about wanting to kill someone. And people are interpreting it as that he wants to kill um, his wife, Kim Kardashian, who obviously is also right in the news right now because she just met, met with Donald Trump. So it's a really, mm. he's, he's right in the epicenter of the postmodern kind of news cycle that's constantly going. And did you, there was a, there was a great, um, there was a great headline with Trump and, um, Kim Kardashian mm. saying the only Kim that Trump could get a meeting with, which I thought was, very funny, the Dorf, Kim, very funny. Oh, as in the, the, the North Korean Kim, of course, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, you don't have to explain to anyone. I think, I think, I think they'll get it. Uh, yeah, so he, he has this song um, called, 
I, I wanted to kill someone. Yeah, so that, what's your take on it? What's, what, did, what did you actually think of the album yourself? Okay. Uh, what's, it's, it seems flabby for 25 minutes even. Like, there's bits of it I don't like, which is worrying that in 25 minutes he can't have wall-to-wall bangers. But I love the amount of uh, the lyricism. I love, I love that, he's, that everything's so clear and immediate. And it feels like just an incredibly creative uh, endeavor. And that's what I love about Kanye West is that he, he goes in there and he just creates. And I think it's a problem that he, he thinks he's a genius because I think he doesn't edit. So an example of that is the, the cover. He's obviously quite, um, he's getting a lot of controversy for the, his, his album artwork at the moment because he picked Whitney Houston's um, bathroom full of drug par- paraphernalia for the Pusha T album, and he was he was going to have the the person that um, did pl- pl- plastic surgery on, on his mum when she died on the cover of this one, but he decided not to. And Kim revealed that it was just a photo that he took on his iPhone of the Wyoming mountains on the way there, and he's written on it, "I uh, hate being in I hate being bipolar. It's awesome." So that that's what it says on the cover. So it's just it's just like you know like I think whatever he does, he's like I nailed it. Um, but there's some incre- he's he's f- so good at sampling. There's some great samples on it. There's some good raps. There's incredible co- collaborations. I'll just I'll just give you some of the lyrics. Just just it's it's very stream of consciousness. It's very it feels like an acting exercise. It feels like and that's what a lot of the jazz albums were and hip-hop has been in the past with Tupac and stuff like that. They'll just go in the studio, smoke a blunt, have some Henny and just riff. A bit like you and myself, Big Cat, doing these uh, podcasts. Um, so he says, uh, just say it out loud to see how it feels. People say, don't say this, don't say that. Just say it out loud, just see how it feels. Like he does a lot of, it's the first song, it's not, it's not great to re-listen to because it's a bit like a Laurie Anderson almost, like it's almost a spoken word, which is pretty weird for hip-hop. Uh, and then at the end, he says, um, he co- talks about his, this is another um, another song, Yikes. He talks about himself in third person at the very end. And he say, you, you see, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I fuck with yay. See that? That's me in the third person. That's my bipolar shit. And then he uses the N-word. And then he says, that's my superpower, N-word. Ain't no disability. I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. And then he does this scream, this primal scream. Reminds me of being um, in method acting classes, actually. Uh, And he did a lot of that on Yeezus. But it's not as good as Yeezus or The Life of Pablo or the albums before because I think he's he's raced it. So it's a race thing. But I think he's so good that even a race thing is uh, better than most people's polished, polished stuff. I don't think it's polished. And he can get whoever he wants. Like he, people just jump. Like you don't even know they're on it because he uses so little of them. But he's got John Legend, Nicki Minaj, Young Thug, Ty Dolla Sign, and your mate Kevin Parker was on it. And this was controversial. Kevin Parker didn't even know he was going to be on it. He was at the listening party and was like, "Oh shit, I'm on that song." Ah. And Kevin Parker, full How disclosure, is one of Dorji's. Dorji's best friends from Tame Impala. Well, I wouldn't say one of best And that's what friends. I think you'd like about it. It's not. It's not like rap. It's um. Tame Impala, that, what, how would you, what, how would you, what would you say their music, what's their genre? Psych, psych rock. Psych rock. So, psych rock has influenced hip hop because it was so popular. So, now it sounds, some of his tracks sound a bit like that. 
quite druggy. How would Kevin uh, Parker not know he was going to be on the album? Because he sent him a bunch of samples a long time ago. And uh, Kanye never cleared it. You meant to clear it. You meant to clear it if you're going to put someone on your album. Yeah. Because so, you obviously got to pay them at some stage. So the, the track Wouldn't Leave, apparently, is the one that famously Kim broke down crying because he wouldn't play it to her before he, before he released it because it features her, uh, what him talking yeah, about her reaction when talking about that, he made the slavery. Yeah, she's, yeah, she was pissed off and, and he said, well, just leave me and she wouldn't leave. Yeah, but he, and then the last track, it's weird. The, the last track's all about his daughter uh, and about him being worried about people fucking his daughter and there's a line about don't do yoga, don't do um, Pilates, stick to something else, stick to karate. It's it's um it's pretty funny. It's like basically now that I'm got a daughter, I don't want to objectify women anymore. So people are having a bit of a trouble about that. As That's well. what Jay Z did as well. Uh, so he, he, he apologized for um ninety nine problems with the bitch chain one went, one because he said he felt now he's got a daughter. He doesn't feel great about it. Amazing backtracking. But in terms of so you've given your take on on it yourself. What about the future? What do you think the mm-hmm. future holds for Kanye in terms of reaction and where does he go from here? Well, I think it's. He can just make another album. Well, he's making all these other albums for other people now because he's such a fantastic producer. So, he's just, he's right into it. But I think he's a guy with mental health issues uh, in the middle of a maelstrom with the Kardashians. So, hopefully, he just sticks to his creative juices and and just keeps making awesome music. And what was your point? his body of work already is terrific. I mean, incredible. I mean, it's seven for you, this album, as well, is it? Uh, yeah, yep. I've, I I really gave it a go. Like I've listened to it twenty times. It's not hard to. It's it's only twenty five minutes, but and so it, it's I can I've got it in my head. But it's not as good as his other ones. It's definitely his weakest album. Okay. So there you go. Is that all you want to talk about in relation to hip hop? Well, no. I've I've you're being very kind, George, because you I, there is a huge story in hip hop at the moment. Uh, hopefully, quite a few people know about it. But on the the far superior album that Kanye um, actually just worked the, for the beats on exclusively for Pusha T, Pusha T had a go at Drake, and Drake is pretty much the undisputed king of hip hop at the moment. It's probably him and Kendrick Lamar, and Kanye's disgraced himself, so he's off. But people have a problem with Drake because he's he's not from America. He's half black, half Jewish. He's can um, he's Canadian. He was on Degrassi, and so a lot of people take pot shots at him. He's very good. But um, there was a, a diss on the track that he doesn't write his own raps. And he came back in a, a freestyle um, diss track, which is a real tra- tradition, and had to go at Pusha T um, at, at his pedigree as a drug dealer because Pusha T is all about dealing drugs. And also that he, um, he invoiced Kanye West, I think, $100,000 for helping his career. And then Pusha T came back with absolute fire, George, just absolutely ripped him a new one i i think it's one of the best diss tracks of all time um he 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 dug dug deep into the internet and found a picture of of drake in uh blackface from before he was a big before he was a big rapper when he was an actor and drake's explained it but still it was it was a very powerful image straight up and then he went into that um, yeah, Drake the doesn't write his own lyrics. Here's the issue. Like, yes. It's an image, yeah. but like I said to you, you have to look at the context. And the context was to show how African-Americans were wrongfully portrayed in entertainment. That's what they were doing with the image. You can grab an image from any area, but if you don't know the context, you can't use it to brandish it against someone. He was actually trying to highlight that black actors were struggling to get roles and being stereotyped and typecast. It was a... Uh, okay, well, was, you're, it, you're, you're definitely defending him. No, that's maybe literally what it, it was for. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> so you, you it look, was, but it's... You get, you got yeah, to look no, at sure. the context of anything. You can't just grab something sure. and say... That's a tiny part of it anyway. So, so what then what he did was, was way colder. So, I'll just read it out because I don't have the flow. But he says, okay. since you name-dropped my fiancé, that's what Drake also name-dropped. That's what really upset him. He goes, let him know who you chose as your Beyonce. Sophie knows better. Ask your baby mother. Cleaned her up for IG, but the stench is on her. A baby's involved. It's deeper than rap. We're talking character. Let me keep with the facts. You are hiding a child. Let that boy come home. Deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Ooh, Adonis is your son and and he deserves more than an Adidas press run. That's real. Love that baby. Respect that girl. Forget she's a porn star. Let her be your world. So, he's not even going against it. Drake had an illegitimate child with his porn star. And then Adidas is going to give him a a, a, a brand and he's going to call it um, Ad- Adonis. Anyway, his, his kid's name's Adonis. Mm-hmm. And um, he, yeah, and so it might, it might actually cost Drake his whole, his whole um, deal with Adidas. And then he also had why, a go... Why would it cost him his deal with Adidas? Because it's not good for his... Because it, Adidas don't want someone that's not, that's not actually owning up to having a kid. Right. Uh, it's called Adion, the um, the the brand, and um, but then he also has a go at Noah Shabib, who's one of his collaborators, who's got multiple sclerosis, which um, people are really not happy. Happy, he goes over forty, hunched over like he eighty, tick tick tick. Ugh. How much time he got? That man is sick, sick, sick. <laughs> just pathetic. It's just chocolate. pathetic. I just find it pathetic. Like it's just like it reminds me. You know, it's you can look at the English equivalent. Oh, the sledges. Which, I know. Yeah, it's just sledging. <laughs> but just get it's just like boys just bashing their heads against each other, going, oh, "Who's tougher? Who's tougher?" I don't find it interesting. I think it's lame, to be honest with you. Like the, I mean, the the, the last the last most famous in the rap game for to everyone worldwide is, I guess, the Biggie versus the West Coast East Coast. Yeah, thing, you know where that ended. Yeah, we all know where that, that that finished up. But I just think, you know, mm. it's just dudes. No, it's just good. It's good. Smacking their it's cops good. against each other's faces, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> and about as interesting as a guy mounting a melon. So I'm glad we covered it. Nice. Thank, thank you for that again, Jono. Thanks for that wonderful moment of two guys yelling obscenities at each other from afar and talking about each other's uh, disabled uh, friends and making fun of them. But perhaps we can move on to something a bit more highbrow. Yes, what can we talk about? Uh, speaking of highbrow, let's go to something. That, well, I was on a spiritual quest. This is my disclosure number yeah. two. Oh, geez. Okay. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Moving on to far more, I hope, cultured terrain than what we just went uh-huh. through. The mire that we were just dragged through yet again by Jono in this, in this episode. Okay. So we were, I actually saw you Jono. You like rap. Oh. You like rap. I saw this, this. I saw Jono recently. Well, not recently. I was on a trip with Jono through India, one of our famous trips together over yeah. the years. And this is one of our first international travels. But this is prior to, I think it's happened just before I, I met up with you in Kerala. I was mm-hmm. in a place called Varanasi. And again, this, this links in, I'm sure you might be able to guess where this is going, dear listeners, with our unwanted advances. Theme. <laughs> I foreshadow it. Just tell us the story. Yeah, you're in. You're there in I was. Varanasi. I was in Varanasi, a spiritual part of India, which very is the most spiritual, spiritual part of the world. Um, yeah, yeah, I was staying in this um, backpackers that in Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was staying at a backpackers near the Ganges. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, all these sort of th- uh, Hindu um, rituals happening left, right, and center. Yeah. Lo- it a lot was, of shit, though. Do you remember that? <laughs> stepped in a lot of shit. fecal matter, especially when the lights went out at yeah. 10 p.m. each night. Uh, I would, couldn't yeah. see the fecal matter, so you know, I'm like stepping. Huge 
huge amounts of shit. That wasn't much fun. Yeah. But the reason I wasn't Varanasi is it's one of the, the hotspots for um, Buddhist pilgrimages. And it's just so happened in a nearby place called Sarnath. The Dalai Lama was doing a, a big talk. Um, and so people from all over India were gathering. And I had a very expensive video camera that I'd taken to shoot some footage about, you know, about a Tibetan Australian connecting with his culture. So I, I, it's great Sony Z1 for the record. Great camera for all you. How's that, how's that docker going? Are you, it's, uh, you, um, it's, it's still coming along, you mate. Drop it? <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was this? This is like 12 years ago. So anyway, so you I'm, got, I've got you still the got the footage? The tapes are have a you problem. Got the I've got the tapes around, but a lot of them got damaged mm. by some cough syrup. That I, anyway, moving right along okay. so i was there in varanasi i managed to using the fact that my father was quite well known to tibetan society get a great seat near the dalai lama i'm shooting this great footage and um we're in sarnath and i keep walking past this indian guy who keeps calling out to me every now and then, Do- uh, no, what's your name what's your name and i was like uh, uh dorji my name's dorji now the thing is as a as a perth person and I think, John, even though you're not from Perth, you have some similarities in this. Thank, thank God. <laughs> when we travel, when <laughs> I was traveling at this early stage of my life, we're, we're quite wide-eyed and we're a little bit I think, uh-huh. easy to be taken advantage of. We're sort of dumb, sort yeah. of trusting people because in Perth, yeah. you just don't get that many people coming through and everyone's kind of friendly and nice. So this guy keeps smiling, saying hello. And But by this stage, I've been in India for a while and I'm, not, I'm wise to the fact. I've already been shafted numerous times. Tuk-tuk drivers have laughed as they've taken my money. I've been ripped ripped off so many times. So I'm wise to this sort of routine. Yeah. So this guy's like, hey. I've, and everyone talks to each other. They're like your mechanics. Like, that's what the thing. It's incredible place. Like it's mm-hmm. Varanasi is because uh, I spent probably two weeks there at one stage. And it's the, I think it's the the world capital of the con. It's on all levels. There, mm. people are fleecing, mostly Indians, because everyone's there on certain on Hindu pil- pilgrimages, That's right. That's right. Buddhist pilgrimages. Yes, so they all do talk to each other. It's pretty. It's it. It make a great HBO kind of Wire style series. Yes, and you're on the money in the fact that they're onto the fact that people are there for spiritual reasons, and I believe they yeah. use that. In, in order to m- work on their con routines. Uh, yeah. My mum, mother said on her trips in the 60s and 70s, they'd often use something like a bang lassie, for example, where they put a lot of weed in a lassie and then someone would drink it, some stupid white hippie, get really stoned out of their mind and they take everything, you know, that, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and just... Just in case anyone's thinking, it's got nothing to do with having sex with a dog, a bang lassie, okay? It's, it's definitely, it's a drink. So so, don't, don't, even, don't your mind don't even go there. I know there's a bunch of listeners out there going, oh, you know, that's disgusting. No, it's, it's, a quite, it's quite a wonderful it's a lassie. It's a, it's a wonderful, <laughs> I love it. Georgie, my partner, thinks it's disgusting, but the, I, I just love it. I didn't like it when I, I love first lassie. started. I love lassie. I don't think I like a bung lassie. No, no, I don't know. I'm just talking about a, a normal lassie. I've oh, never, lassie. never had yeah. a, a, a bung lassie. Or, is it bang lassie? I thought it was a bang lassie. I think it would be bang lassie. <laughs> I'm just trying <laughs> to turn into a bang. bung, bung. Bung, bung lassie. Bung, bung, bung. Bang lassi, bang, bang, lassi. Bang, bang, bang. Anyway, so I'm in Varanasi and this guy's he's, he's like, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just shooting a documentary. He goes, oh, where are you from? And I was like, I'm actually, um, I'm from Australia. And he's like, oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. I want, I'd love to talk to you about uh, Australia and Tibet and the was connections. Scottish? Where was no. he from? Where was this guy from? <laughs> He says, that, that's one really doing the accent. You're not allowed to do that anymore, George. Uh, I'm not doing that. You just anyway. do it as yourself. Do you notice how I did the rap? I just did it myself. I was like, yo. Yeah, it was, no, it was riveting, riveting, absolutely riveting. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, it really, really made the, the story. Anyway, so yeah, he's, he's, he said, wonderful. I'd love to talk to you about that. And I was like, well, um, what do you mean talk to me? He goes, I have a factory here and we can talk no, do about. The accent. Do, and, go full, and, go full Indian. And, and you're here for a Buddhist. <laughs> you're here for this Buddhist, uh, for the Dalai Lama. It's so interesting. Perhaps you can shoot something. We can talk about my factory and the connections between Australia and Tibet and India. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm. I, 
guess. So the next day I, I come back and goes, you, uh, come back, come, come inside and we can talk about it. And I've got my camera. And I go, okay, look, I'll, I'll meet you. And he goes, yes, come inside. So I come inside. And when he says inside, he's got this sort of um, backyard area. So I, I walk through his driveway and he's got like three or four stragglers. There's a couple of really old. Are you deliberately making everything sound like sexual? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> you come inside, I've got this back. Backyard area. Tell you, mate. Yeah. Listen, melon man. Just stay on track. <laughs> so I get out the back there, and uh, he's got these little yeah. little kids. So there's a couple of kids, like young kids, looking at me sort of weirdly. And there's an old, very old man, and they both have their eyes are darting around a little bit, which is not a good sign. So, and keep in mind, this whole time I'm thinking, okay, what's this guy's angle? Because at this stage, I'm I'm just old enough and mature enough to realize that most people have an angle with this sort of thing when they when they when they're inviting you in like this. Yeah. Unfortunately. So he says, listen, I just want to talk to you about, you know, everything about Australia and Tibet and, and let's have a chat. And I said, let's get some chai. And so this old, this old man goes away and returns with this chai. And I think he's looking disapprovingly is the look that I'm getting at, at the, this Indian man. And the Indian man who's talking to me would be about 45. He's got one of those really um, Indian you know, moustaches, you know, those, those moustaches, the sort of Anglo-Indian moustaches, a little bit like the, you know, one of those higher cast members, a little bit like a, a Ganguly, uh-huh. a Ganguly type moustache. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And it's quite dark. And so I sit down and I have, I have some of the chai with him. He goes, yes, okay. And so we're talking a little bit. I said, well, what's the, what, is, what, what, what factory? What's the factory? He goes, oh, you know, we do some work here and there. And then we're talking. And then and gradually it just sort of segues. And he starts saying, you know, he's sitting down and he gets up and he slaps his thighs. And he gets up and he says, you know, I'm just thinking, I'm just feeling so good. I'm feeling so good about this relationship about, you know, Buddhism. It's such a beautiful religion and Australia and, and India and Tibet. It's just so wonderful. I'm feeling so good about that. I'm feeling so good. And then he comes up and he picks me up and he just starts mm. kissing my cheeks and grabbing me, mm. pulling me into you and kissing my cheeks. And they're quite full on. And I'm like going, whoa, this is weird. And at the same time. How strong is he? How strong is he? He's actually It'd, it'd, it'd be about 6'1". Six one, six one. No, I, oh. I got up as he got up because I thought that was the end of it. Uh, but he pulls me in, yeah. right? And, I'm, yeah. and I have to pull myself away way and the room is spinning at the same time oh, okay so the shit. room's spinning and he's pulling me it's in one and- of those spinning rooms yeah. it's like one of those kind of like trick rooms you're making spin. light of this dude this is heavy terrain okay <laughs> and the, the the people and i look behind me as i'm the room spinning and the, the the behind me i, I looked at them earlier there were, there were like the cages behind me there's big metal bars what? behind With kids me in them? No, there was no one in them. There's a little bit of hay from memory at the bottom of the floor, okay. but that's about it. Anyway, yeah. I push him off and I grab my camera and I just get out Ooh. of there. I'm, I'm walking yeah. now, and, and but I'm sort of, you know, staggering a little because I, I, I'm not sure what's going on. And he's like yeah. going, come back, come back. And, the, and he said, he said, what are you going? Come back. Where are you going? And he's coming at me. I struggle onto the street in Sarnath and I'm, I'm like, Jesus, I need to get out of here. And I go to wave down a, a tuk-tuk. And I get into the tuk-tuk, and at this stage, I'm actually having trouble getting the tuk-tuk, and it's twilight. It's twilight at this stage. So it's even more surreal because of the fact the room, the outdoor, it's spinning. I'm on a tuk-tuk. It's, the sun is, there's hardly any light. And I'm just really worried that I've got this, you know, $5,000 camera. And I tell the tuk-tuk driver to take me back to my um, my backpackers in, in Varanasi, and I kind of remember where it was. But I'm worrying I'm going to pass out in the tuk-tuk because I've got this camera on me, and I'm worried I'm not going to be able to get back. Anyway, luckily, we, we make it all the way back and I don't pass out, although it's quite difficult at stages. And I get back to, um, I get back to the backpackers and there's a Scottish guy there who's been oh, in India. For- I foreshadowed a Scottish guy. <laughs> Is he gonna, does he, he speak like this? <laughs> he, was, he was interesting. <laughs> I'm <guy>. from Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> he was an interesting guy. He's a former muser. He was in Radiohead. He was in an early incarnation of Radiohead. Radiohead. Wow. Yeah, and he's a full Buddhist. Anyway, so oh, oh. I, I get- I am not kidding, A.U., huh? 
<laughs> so I get that. Tom, and I, I don't know why Tom always has an H in his name. It should be Thom. Thom why, why are you allowed to do this? <laughs> you just say that I'm Scottish. not allowed to do it. You said it's not allowed. Anyway, no, so, so... What do you say? Hey, Dorji. How are you? I, I'm allowed to do Scottish because I'm Ben. Yeah, you are. You're like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm half Tibetan. Surely I'm allowed right, to do... big man. Or oh, you can do Tibetan then. How do they speak? I know the Dalai Lama speaks Dorje, like Yoda. Dorje. They talk like this. They talk like this. Dorje. Dorje. Anyway, so, anyway, so I get that. The Dalai Lama I am. No, that's fucked up. You should not do that. <laughs> I've seen him speak. He's like... It's mm, no, not cool. It's very, that's very disrespectful. I won't. That will not be going to air. That's how he speaks. You better not edit that out. I'm going to edit it. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm going to edit it quite... Anyway, so we're, we're, I'm at the place. And you better not edit out the whole hip-hop section. <laughs> You'll be lucky. You'll be lucky for it to get through. So the Scottish guy, he says to me, you're very lucky. He said, the reason you didn't pass out is the barbiturates in India are very, very weak. Otherwise, oh. I probably wouldn't have um, been able to stay awake. But so what it came down to is I quickly realized a little bit, this is kind of some symmetry with the, with the Drew Barrymore story, is I couldn't figure out what mm. the angle was. In the end, the angle was me. That was the angle that <laughs> they were looking for. And I thought that I probably would have woken up with my pants around my ankles and, you know, yes. behind a cage. Again, but bleeding. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> Anyways, but the guys at Poco I told us- Not story- again! <laughs> The guys, <laughs> I've never woken up with my. Some people have gone through that, John. We shouldn't make light oh, of it. Oh, yes. You know, I'm, not, I'm not making light of it. Okay. I'm not so making light some of people it. have gone through that. But one, 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 one point about this is the guys at Poker said they might, it might have been a slavery thing. He might have been looking to sell me into slavery. Mm. You know, it could have been something like you'd that. Be an, you'd be, yeah, you'd, yeah, you wouldn't be a great slave, I reckon. What do you mean? Why wouldn't I be a good slave? <laughs> you just argue a lot because you, you got a law degree. You'd just be annoying. What if I was doped up to the nines? All the time. Yeah, yeah. No, that's terrible. It's amazing you never told me that. You definitely did not tell me that. It really? When we were traveling together. Absolutely. I would definitely remember that. Maybe it was same after. With, same with the bullying. Same with same with getting bullied. No, you've repressed it. You just you you've only started telling it. Maybe it was after. You have to do the timeline. I don't think so. I don't think it was it, after. I don't think you kept traveling after Kerala. I think it might have been after Kerala. Okay. Be- maybe. Yeah, that's full on. That's full on. Mm. Do you remember when we were in Nimbin together mm. and with the Bell Shakespeare tour? Yes. And we were like, we were fucking, we went to like a, the dope embassy. Yeah. And we, full disclosure, this is how George and I met. We were on this this tour and we still get on well with one of the other girls, but the other, the four, there was four of us and one of them is was just poisonous. She was just the worst person. But for a couple of weeks, it was like a seven-month tour. For a couple of weeks, we even got on with her because we all just got stoned together. And we were in this dope embassy and, like, we bought all this dope. And we were fucking smashed at at this bar smoking. And then then this Scottish guy walks in and he goes, she raped me. She fucking raped me. It's a terrible, it's a terrible thing to be raped by a woman. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's a terrible thing to be raped by a woman. Like, she raped me. Paranoia. And then not long after that, oh, and he just kept going on. Not long after oh. that, one of the bartenders goes, "It's oh look, it's um, it's you know seven forty. That's um international dope time. That's when you have to all share some dope with the bar." And we're like. This is a fucking stitch up, but we still did it, and we all gave a bit of our dope over. Yeah, that was um, that was some paranoid times, mate. That was paranoid valley. Yeah, he was. He had, he had a very he had furrowed brow. He looked a bit like um, Harry. 
Harry Dean Stanton from Paris, Texas. Yeah, he looks he looked a bit like him. Anyway, yeah. he was yeah he had a very distinctive look, he had a very furrowed brow, but he never he tried to go into detail. It, it turned out it was about it was basically a relationship which had gone gone sour. Yeah, but, she didn't. And, she didn't have sex with him. I think it was a divorce or something. Yeah, that's right. And but yeah, and he, hey, he was also yeah. looking for an angle to get weed. He was actually working his way towards us, as he said. Mm. I think he was. It was a sob story in order to procure. Well, Nimbin Nimbin is not incredibly different to Varanasi. They're, they're both these just incredible towns that everyone knows what's going on. Yes, and Nimbin also isn't very far from Byron and Brunswick Heads, which leads us to your particular full oh disclosure, God. which features... Dodgy, you mad bastard. You're really, you're really just throwing them all together. This is exciting. Yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> so, I've got a full disclosure as well. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've got my agent's just calling again. Can you hold, hold the phone <laughs> for a second? Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Roll, roll, roll. Okay, so full disclosure, as I said. Full disclosure. Sorry, guys. George just got a call from his agent just rubbing my, my nose in it again, just just killing it. It's like, oh, hey, babe. Oh, yeah. What? How should we move with that one? Should we leverage them or what, what should we do? Leverage them? I'm happy for you, mate. Leverage? Leverage? Oh, I think it's fine. Nimbin, Brunswick Hands, <laughs> Byron. Yes. There's no bigger name in Byron than... John Cornell. Than John Cornell, who used to own, of course, the uh, the Beach Hotel there, owns the Bruns- Brunswick Hotel. Wonderful guy, very famous, as you know. Well, he's famous because he was business partners with Paul Hogan. Yes, that's correct. And but- came up with World Series cricket. And Crocodile Dundee. Uh, anyway, George went out with his daughter, and she's lovely, Liana Cornell. And yes. it was when I was studying uh, writing at NIDA, they met each other. And we went together to her graduation but uh, and his um, her mum uh, was very famous as well, uh, Delvine. Delvine Delaney, who was Delvin. pretty much considered one of the most beautiful women in Australia, um, and mm-hmm. probably still is by many people, and a lovely person, might I add as well. Yeah, and she was she was um, Strawny. Was it, no Strawny. What was it, what was Crocodile Dundee's name in that show? She was always his kind of love interest in those skits, and she was yeah, just, Strop. just lust. Strop, strop, and, and not Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. It's John Cornell was Strop. Paul Hogan was just himself. Ah, uh, Cornell was in it as well. Yeah. So um, her and I. This is embarrassing. This isn't very embarrassing. Um, full That's disclosure. Why it's full not, disclosure. Not about, yeah, but you you just trotted yours out. You're like, oh, no, 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 no. I almost got raped, and <laughs> like you went. This is like this is. I'm the dickhead in this one. So so. Um, what do you mean? I was an she, I was an idiot in both the other ones as well. I think. Not, not an idiot. Well, you, you, you guys decide. I just so, was too much of a nice piece of meat, I suppose. That was the issue, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't think there's. You know, you've got nothing to be ashamed of. Whereas, whereas potentially, I just don't know what what what, what came over me. So, <laughs> well, you came um, over somebody else, we, that's for sure. Sure, sure, sure. So we were there to 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 support Liana do at her night at graduation scenes and. And I, I'd, full disclosure, I'd already met Delvine because she'd come, come and sat in on... I was studying writing and, and so I'd written a piece and her daughter was in it. And so she was there and she was giving lots of feed, like unwelcome feedback to me, basically. <laughs> like she invited herself into the room and it was kind of funny, but, you know, we had a bit of back and forth. It was, we, it was, it was, we were going fine. And then that night I saw her and her husband and they were sitting directly in front of me and Dorge and Skip was there, a good follow on from who was here this weekend. And maybe there were a couple of other people and we're all getting around Dorge, you know, supporting Dorge, supporting her. And I could tell Dorge was nervous, you know, he was very, um, very keen to, 
to impress his um, girlfriend's parents. And John, who's a very impressive man, I think you might have been superimposing that slightly. You were, you were, you were sweat, you had sweaty palms. I could see you were like. I don't know. <laughs> it might have been the fact I was back at Nida when I didn't really want to be there. Maybe that. Uh, well. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe it was just because you know you wanted to impress her parents. And um, but John Cornell has what? What's he got? It's it's um, Parkinson's, unfortunately, poor child. Parkinson's, yeah, yeah. And so like he he wasn't very verbal, and he was he was there, but I was having a bit of few, a bit of few words with with um, Liana's mum. And I was like, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm a bit nervous. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm nervous too. And George is nervous. And then I went, oh, if you're nervous, maybe I'll give you a bit of a massage. And I just put my arms over and just started massaging her neck. And she went, no, no, I'm fine. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and then I just did it again. Like I just went again. I was like, oh, and I'm massaging this poor 50-year-old woman's shoulders. And George, you looked mortified. You were like, Looking at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, everyone turned and around just, in the theatre, so everyone's turning. Because well, she around. said quite loudly. She said quite loudly, "No." <laughs> and John, John Cornell John turns around. It was anything. not easy for him well, to do say- at the stage of his life. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it's I, almost like there's a spotlight on you guys in the middle of the theatre. It's like yeah. do the opposite of what you know you're told to do. And yeah, no, no obviously means no. But can I absolutely clarify? There was nothing sleazy involved. I was literally nervous for you, Dorgy. And therefore, I was trying to put her at ease. But then when she said she didn't want a massage, which I should have never even offered, I should not have tried to massage her again. And um, I felt like, yeah, it was like th- th- I thought like I was in threes. I think she said no, no, <laughs> no. Sure. I don't, well, think, I don't think I think it was a twos. That's was, the ravages of time on your on your memory. You, you check the crossover that skip, but I'm pretty sure there was three yeah. no's actually. Well, he no. told me it again on the weekend, and. What's really vexing about it is with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. So that, that was one of his big go-to's is the massage in the in the hotel room. So yeah, that was that was embarrassing, and I apologise. And um, that's weird because yeah, you um strange. you had a massage implement that you famously used to bring out for people quite yeah, when you wanted to but help them a little not, bit. Didn't not you? with that agenda. No. Well, my sister's an osteo, so I have a a, a couple of things that help with massage. Massage toys? Would you call things. them? <laughs> sure. I don't think they're called that. Anyway, she gets a um she gets uh a discount and she sent me over one. You it was at your place for ages. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. So yeah, that was your uh that was <laughs> your done, full dis- is- <laughs> <laughs> That was your full disclosure. It was the Delvine Delaney, poor poor lovely Delvine, who was a victim yeah. of unwanted advances on Johnny's part. Yeah, who not was a victim. And apparently it was my fault because he was doing it for me. So I take full responsibility for that. He was trying to put yeah. me at, you be ashamed at a- of <laughs> and Delvine. So I, I don't know what I was thinking by being slightly nervous in the situation and uh the apologies mm. are there. So three rip snorters there, folks. We gave you three mm. Tales of people not taking no for an answer, essentially. <laughs> uh, and it's, I guess, what we can take away from it, Jono, is that consent's pretty important. Yeah, really important. Like in the herpes tent. Like in the herpes yeah. tent. What, what do you There's sw- two rules in the herpes tent. Give consent and give herpes. <laughs> give, <laughs> give your all. It's three. It's, it's tricky. What about, what about when people want you to work for it, though? Um, what do you mean? When for consent. People are like, no, no. You have to work for consent. That's the famous Louis C.K. joke. Remember that one where he was like... Oh, yeah. well, he's a real poster boy for, <laughs> you know, good taste right now. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but he's the one that was... It no, was the, oh, no, I think you're thinking of that famous Bill Cosby joke. No, no. <laughs> no, it's the one where he's like... There was the, that the, Weinstein the, film. The groupies came backstage and, he, and 
and they were like, no, no I think that was, him, that was him coming backstage. <laughs> and then, and then he sees them like two days later and he's like, and then she's like, what happened to you last night? And he's like, well, you said no. And she goes, yeah, but I wanted you to work for it. Mm. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Rape you? Like, you know, like you, mm. you know, so what, 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 what about the whole making someone work for it angle? Um, yeah, this is, oh, wow, this is an edgy, edgy end to our episode. I, mm. I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, but no always means no is the thing. But, yeah, people can change their mind at any stage. That's that's the other thing. I suppose but the tone. I'm pretty, sure, I don't, I'm pretty sure, sure she wasn't going to change her mind about me massaging her in front of her husband at her daughter's graduation. No. And I think it's a tone thing. We go back to the Drake thing as well. I think tone yeah. and context are really, really important. And so- You, you- really shot down that Drake thing. You really <laughs> shot it down. So, I think, you know, let's say hypothetically we've had a wonderful night and uh, we've been making out all night and we're, you know, lying in bed together, champagne and, you know- and, got a and- good idea. Maybe <laughs> let's take this- Let's, let's have sex. Uh, yeah, try, no. try, try it again. Try it again. I'll get on a better okay. way of doing it. Go on. Yeah. Let's have sex. No, you naughty boy. <laughs> See, I mean, you can read that there's an yeah, element of play yeah. in that, you know. It's, it's different. Yeah, now, so. now, now do it again. Okay. Let's have sex. No, fuck off. See, very different. They're different, mm. different responses. You minx. You little minx. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, context Dude. is important. And, and I think it's very clear. No always means no. Not without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. I'm not giving lessons. I think this is the episode. <laughs> if someone gives you chai tea, if someone says that yes. they're, they're going to put you in touch with someone famous, if someone says, uh-huh. um, please take your hands off me, any, I think any <laughs> adult can read those situations and, and come up with what's yeah. the correct way to behave. It's not difficult, really, yeah. is it, Jono? No, that's right. No holds barred. This has been a good one, mate. I think, this is, I think we're... Um We've covered we give, it off nicely. Give them a short one. The unwanted advances episode has uh, come to its natural close uh, with some strong words about consent uh, and some really fun role play involving Jono Champagne and uh, <laughs> caviar. Um, Jono, thanks so much for for today's app. Do you want to wrap it up nicely? Well, mate, um, I'm really excited because um, it looks like we might have some some famous guests coming yes. up. Yes, tell you who they are now. Well, can we can we reveal one of them now? I don't think we can. We won't reveal them, but next week we'll have our first guest week episode. With something we're going to do regularly, where a guest comes in with their own full disclosure. We thought we'd lead from the front with our three reveals this week. Yeah. Yeah. And it was gonna, heavy, heavy. Yeah, it was some heavy terrain, but some funny terrain as well. We've got some big guns coming up, some pretty big names. We're pretty excited to uh, have them yeah. on board and, and hear their own um, disclosures of embarrassing and titillating stories from their their life, which are hopefully relatively self deprecating. Should be a lot of fun, right, Jono? You beauty, yeah. Really excited about it, George. Brilliant. All right. Thanks so much for listening and uh, thanks for rocketing us up towards our, our 600th listen. We appreciate your support. 15% of our listeners are in the UK and 10% in the US. So we're obviously got a global reach and we're really enjoying bringing it to you week in, week out. Thanks, everyone. Take care. <laughs>